0: The Mean Gene Show on iHeartRadio. You can also listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. The Mean Gene Show airs weekly on iHeartRadio with guest professional athletes, national sports writers, and much more. We discuss the latest in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and more. Here's your host, Mean Gene. Welcome to the Mean Gene Show here on iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, February 13, 2024. It's our post-Super Bowl 58 show. Today, we are going to break down the big game. It was less than 48 hours ago when the Chiefs and the 49ers tuck the field there at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I will be joined here shortly by our great friend Brian DiArdo from CBSSports.com. He's a senior writer. He joins us regularly here on the Mean Gene Show and the Sports Kings, and we are going to break down Sunday's big game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, Super Bowl 58 was less than 48 hours ago. The Kansas City Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions after the Feeding the San Francisco 49ers in overtime, 25-22 in Las Vegas. Here to break down the big game, it's my good friend from CBSSports.com, senior writer Brian DiArdo. Hey, what's up, Brian?
1: With you, and we got a good Super Bowl to talk about, right? I was wrong in my prediction. I was close on the score. I was almost going to get the prediction right. I had 23-29ers, and 22-19, I would have taken that, right? But I think at the end of the day, I think we, we both last talked. I think we wanted a good game that wasn't marred in the end by a penalty, which happened the last two Super Bowls. And ultimately, I think we both got what we wanted. And it was a great game and a, a great end to a, a very entertaining NFL season, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, we did. We did get a good game and and uh, overtime. Boy, we're going to talk about that in the 49ers. But, yeah, the first quarter was sort of slow. You know, I know the oddsmakers in Vegas were really – cringing about that over under there but hey, things got off to a, a great start there in that second quarter but let's let's just jump in man first of all back-to-back champions something that you know wasn't done or hasn't been done since the uh, patriots did it back in 2000 what was it 2003 and three, 2004 2004 2005 something like that but anyway now the chiefs are in the history books
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, they're the ninth team to to repeat, as you alluded to, only the second team this century. They're the third team to play in at least four Super Bowls in a five-year span. And I think it's what them, the Patriots, the Steelers in the 70s are the only teams in the Cowboys in the 90s, the only teams to win three in a five-year span. And think about it. I mean, had they had had a healthier offensive line, there's a chance that they would have beaten Tampa Bay. But I think Tampa Bay was 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 just epic that year. You know, and I, and and losing to Tom Brady, and that's something Mahomes alluded to after the game. So we talk about legacy and what that game did for legacies. Mahomes even said when he was asked about Brady and the goat and all that stuff, he goes, "Well, Tom will always have that one on me. So it's going to be hard for me to put myself ahead of 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 Tom when when he did beat me in a Super Bowl." But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I ranked them ahead of of uh, the Cowboys in the '90s as far as greatest dynasties of all time. I just think that one. was premature it ended prematurely because of the johnson jones breakup but as you know gene it's hard to compare dynasties because you know the steelers and the cowboys and the packers those were teams that were largely kept intact so for example i mean the the first steelers super bowl team in the 70s and 74 and the last one in 79 there were 22 players that were on all four teams which honestly now is kind of unheard of right (laughs) yeah if you look at you look at the Chiefs, how many guys are left from the 19 team? It's it's not it's not twenty-two. I mean, it's a lot less than that. So it, it is interesting. like this is just more of a of a team in in that sense where that was actually players. And the Cowboys, it was kind of the same thing in the nineties. It was Aikman, it was Emmett, it was Daryl Johnston, it was uh, Novacek, it was Irvin. You know, Dion I know came in, in, in 95, but largely, you know, Charles Haley. Darren Woodson, that was a team that was largely intact. So that's kind of the weird thing when you get into dynasty debates. And and I think really it comes down to what do you value more? Just do you look at overall team success or do you look at the players? I mean, the Cowboys in the nineties were a better team than, than these teams. I mean, they were, I mean, but if you look at overall success, I mean, you can't, I mean, they've been in every AFC championship game since 18, they've been in the last, you know, four of the last five super bowls. They've won three, it's hard to argue that when you look at other dynasties, and that's why I put them ahead of Dallas, but still behind, you know, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. I just have them slightly behind the 49ers just because they won five in in what fourteen years or something like that. But uh, I mean, they're definitely among the greatest dynasties of all time. In, in the
0: and you know what, Brian, it seems like the Patriots actually wrote the the new model as far as you know getting it done with free agency. Because look, as long as you got the key ingredients, meaning a great head coach, a great quarterback, and you know, a good tight end wide receiver, it seems like, man, you can, you can almost, you know, have that success.
1: Yeah. You nailed it. Cause you look at, right. They let Orlando Brown go and people were well, I didn't let him go. I mean, I think they try to keep him, but he ultimately left. And everybody's sitting there like, Oh my gosh, they just let. And then he goes to, to the, to the, you know, Bengals really the one thorn that's been in their side. So you're sitting there thinking, and I was, I'm sitting there like, wow. Like <laughs> the Bengals just, you know, now have put themselves ahead of Kansas City, and, and honestly, maybe if Joe's healthy, maybe they would have been. But who did they sign? They signed Donovan Smith, who that might be one of those underrated signings of of the offseason because he's a veteran guy. He was thirty, so he's experienced, but he's not over the hill yet. And he more than held down the fort at left tackle. So you you know, and then they let Tyree Hill go, uh, what one or two years ago, or a year ago, and, and now they've won two Super Bowls since then. Yeah, so it, it's incredible. But but again, to your point, I mean it they have kind of re I mean the Patriots kind of laid it out with okay you know they had had what they had Gronk and they had Brady and they had you know Edelman was an affordable receiver right and that's kind of what what the Chiefs have and I kept I kept recurring or or comparing this Chiefs team to the 18 18 Patriots so but why Gene, did I not pick the limited Super Bowl when that 18 Patriots team did I don't know why (laughs) but I have to live with my decision but that kind of ended up playing out that way I mean it was a team that Did not have a gaudy wins-loss record. It was a team that you could see their warts. but in the end, they had a good enough running game. Mm -hmm. They had the quarterback receiver combo and they had a very, very good deepest chief defense. Was great the entire way, and they showed. Uh, you know, they they you know maybe Mahomes in the office is going to get more of the headlines. That defense has played every bit of a role, and that win is the offense did.
0: Yeah, and I definitely underestimated this defense going into this game. You were not the only one that picked the Forty ers to to win Super Bowl Fifty Eight. But look, just I mean, look, looking at this game here and 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 breaking it down real quick. Look, Forty ers come out there domination there in the, in, in the first quarter. I mean, I'm sorry, in the, in the second quarter and then, you know, going into the half with, with that lead coming out in the third, yeah, Chiefs got it together. But in the fourth, you know, they got right back on top. So just a time of possession. When you look at the stats in this game, Brian, they almost controlled every category. But man, once you get in that overtime and and, and let's talk about this overtime and how did the 49ers just not understand and how did Kyle Shanahan not have his players prepared for such an important task?
1: I'll tell you what, Gene, I was kind of shocked that they kind of threw him under the bus like that. And it wasn't like, you know, young players didn't know anybody. It was Kyle Juszczyk that was like, oh, I didn't know what the rules were. I mean, that's a pretty damning indictment against the head coach. But you know what, Gene, here's the thing. And it, I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good look. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Niners had every opportunity to win that game. I mean, they did score on their opening drive in overtime, very similar to the end of regulation where they 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 stall in the red zone. They have to kick or or, or deep in Kansas City territory. I don't remember. I know the last one in the red zone. I can't recall if it was the last one regulation was. But either way, they kicked the field goals. And then you've got Mahomes into a fourth and one situation. So in the Chiefs offense. So, I mean, they definitely still had a, a chance to win the ball game. And really, nobody's questioning Shanahan's decision. Either A, if they stopped Mahomes there, or B, they scored a punchdown on that opening drive. And I actually don't totally disagree with with what he with what he said. Cause th- to Me, you have to know your players in that situation, or, or even Gene, right? In, in the broadcast business, you have to know your teammates, right? Yeah, you're not gonna put Dustin in situations where you know he might be uncomfortable if there are any, right?
0: Right, so, so
1: maybe he did not want to watch Mahomes score and then all that pressure on Brock Purdy to respond that way. Hey, Brock, guess what? You're gonna start overtime. We're no matter, you know, we're, we're you don't have to respond to Mahomes, and I actually thought that that was a good idea. Plus, had Shannon kept his the Niners' offense on off the field. That's a long time potentially to not play because they just watched the Chiefs go down and finish the right re- you know regulation with the with the drive. I think she knew that the the, the, the offense had momentum. They they had just watched the Chiefs score and instead of trying to respond to Mahomes and putting even more pressure on Purdy, hey, let's go out there and 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 get a fresh chance. You have the chance to to drive and take the lead. I thought. They were going to pound it with McCaffrey, it basically yeah. ride him all the way into the. Very similar to like, I think the broadcaster said this, like all Davis. It was almost like rewatching the '98 Broncos in that Super Bowl, but they didn't. And I think that was a disheartening thing with with me and Shanahan. The overtime decision, that's fine, whatever you can second guess it. But to me, the more the biggest, bigger indictment was, you know, that's for down throw to Jennings. It was like, where was iuke You know, I think Kittle at that yeah. point was banged up, and Debo played with an injury.
0: I, oh, oh, absolutely!
1: Right, but to me, you get the ball in the hands of your top guys. And I know Jenny was having a was, was having a good Super Bowl for sure, and was a reason why they were in that position. But to me, in that situation, I mean, McCaffrey was wide open on the left side, and Purdy didn't even look his way. And to me, I think that was the more disheartening thing. Was at the end of the game, you've got to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers, like basketball. You know, the, 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 the most part, Michael Jordan had the ball in his hands at the end of games, right? I mean, Kobe yeah. Bryant did, right? Like, oh, Bryan yeah. James, oh yeah, oh yeah you've gotta have got to you gotta put the hand
0: and Brian, even with the injuries which I know had to take a mental and emotional toll on those forty ers as this game is developing, man, you know injuries are just occurring, but you know even so they still had a controlling you know. Part of this game where it just looked like they could have prevented the overtime and perhaps went to McCaffrey a little bit more, like you said. But look, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan here because now this is where you know where you got a dynasty on one side of the field, on the other side, you have to question someone who has had two Super Bowl losses, two NFC championship losses. And what what gives with Shanahan? I mean, is he not is he is he gonna have this reputation or this monkey on his back where he cannot get it done?
1: Well, I think I mean then you go back to he was the Falcons OC when they blew a twenty-eight to three lead. And I think I think this Super Bowl is the first time in his three, including his time as the Falcons OC, that they had scored in a fourth quarter, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I just think Gene that he probably just plays too close to the vest. And it's almost like you know Dan Campbell was probably a little too you know, cavalier in the NFC, <laughs> yeah. but Shannon was probably too much on the other side. And I think and I think that's where I think it's a better idea. I mean, again, you know, maybe you go for it on on fourth down and overtime, which I know is absurd, but I think in that situation you've got to say to yourself, you know, the Chiefs are going to get a field goal here. They are. And so at this point, you you may as well—it's the old saying—you may as well die with your boots on, right? I don't know what that saying means, but I heard it in an old NFL films documentary, so I use it. But like in that situation, maybe you do decide to go for it, maybe you decide to take a take a risk. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, but really, what it comes down to, like you said, they had a ten nothing lead. It could have been more. They should have taken full advantage of the fact that the Chiefs started out sluggish. And you know at halftime, they're going to make adjustments on offense. They're going to look at the things that you're Absolutely. doing. Again, Greenlaw Greenlaw being hurt really, I think, killed them. Did you look at those two Mahomes runs in overtime, that's where Greenlaw would have been, right? So, to me, and I think a big turning point in that game was the muffed punt, which led to – Oh, yes. Down. I mean, you can't do those things against Kansas yes. City in the Super Bowl. You can't do that you can't, He can't settle for field goal in those situations. So, and I thought pretty played. Okay. You know, he needed to be great to beat Mahomes, and he was just good. I I would say he was good. I would give him a a B overall grade, I think. But you know, some of that was also, you know, I, if I'm Shannon, you know, I'm and and to me, it did look like they were a little tight. It looked like both sides of the ball. They were a little tight late in the game. And, and I'll say this last thing here too. Where was the pressure? I mean, there was that first-half situation where Chase Young and Bosa come off the edges. It was like watching Ohio State t- five years ago. Yeah. And they're sacking Mahomes. There was no pressure in the second half. No. So you give the Chiefs a lot of credit for what they were able to do adjusting. And, and you know, and obviously, yeah, Shanahan's got answer for a lot, you know, during for the entire game.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I thought that defense for the 49ers would be a little bit more impactful in this game than than what we saw. So let, let's address the... the the big elephant in the room, and that was the Travis Kelsey meltdown on the sideline there, which quickly got pushed under the rug. And I'm glad it did because it was, you know, much about nothing. I kind of understood what was going on, knowing that Pacheco had fumbled the ball there in that second quarter and, and and you know, they're in the red zone. They didn't go to Kelsey, but I was a little shocked that he, you know, he caught his coach off guard. I mean, that really could have been a little bit more of a disaster than it turned out to be.
1: Uh, No, yeah, you're right. He should be very happy they won that game because that would have been one of the things that we really remember from that game. And uh, to your point, it was kind of brushed under the rug because they won. And, but yeah, I mean, my dad turned to me because I walked the first half with him. He turned to me and said, could you see the Steelers do a player doing that to Mike Tomlin? Like, hey, Hayward would probably throw him into the parking lot, right? Like, and he's right, and, and that was the kind of surprising thing to me. But, but as you said, you can understand it. And, and honestly, I was surprised that that there was no immediate discipline, like you know what, you're out of the game for a possession. But, but at the end of the day, Reed knows that that Travis Kelsey, a, he needs him to be on the field, and b, he may have been right. He may have been right. They weren't using him as much. I mean, think about that play at the end of regulation where they go to him, and again, that's the difference, Gene. Right. I mean, the Chiefs used their playmakers when they needed them, whether it was Mahomes running, Kelsey getting involved in the passing game, whatever it was. And the Niners, even though they have more offensive weapons, big-name weapons, they didn't do that, right? And and that was kind of, to me, if you're a Niners fan, the disheartening thing. And, but, yeah, I mean, that was a situation where their intense competitors – I mean, watch the last dance. Watch Michael Jordan, right? He wasn't Mr. Nice Guy Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. I oh, think, yeah. I think that's what we saw. And I think, again, initially, yeah, it was – i didn't like seeing it i mean he's knocking a 66 year old man down almost but but at the end of the day i mean they, they all understand they're all competitors and and they're at the highest stage right and they know the stakes and so yeah to your point lucky for kelsey that they ended up winning that they, game
0: they, they didn't look and i'm not so sure that andy Reid did not find a way to punish him because kelsey did not touch the ball for a long time after that little incident so who Who knows? (laughs) Who knows how how he how he dealt with that. So, look, let's just uh, address halftime real quick, because I I was at a Super Bowl party in Dallas, which, you know, we had the fellows upstairs, the the ladies downstairs and and the halftime show came on. And we heard all of these screams and didn't know what was going on. And I'm like, oh, God, I forgot Usher was performing at halftime. So I didn't really think. The, look, I'm being critical here because I'm comparing it to the Snoop Dogg and Eminem and Dr. Dre. That to me was still an incredible halftime show. This one, I, you know, only because I guess we spent so much time in Vegas, you know, doing our residency out there with the Sports Kings and Usher is out there. So it's just, it just looked like a regular Usher show to me.
1: I totally agree. I thought it was good, but not great. And I, and I actually, yeah, I like the Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre one, I think is my favorite one of all time. Was Nelly, I think in that one too. I think he was, I think the one, yeah.
0: Fit descent came out there and yeah. <laughs> <That> was,
1: yeah. Am I going to age myself? I call that a banger. It was, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was no, and the set, I think the set was awesome back then too. It's like a little like house maze thing. It was, no, I agree. I thought given the expectation. I mean, it was rolled out wayne newton i mean really i mean it was it was okay like i agree it was good the music brought me back to, to the high school years with the cd in the car yeah and,
0: and oh yeah
1: it brought me back it was like it was cool for sure my wife informed me actually i didn't know this that performers often pay the nfl to perform at halftime which i didn't know and apparently katie terry said no i don't need a paycheck but i'm not paying to do this that blew me away that that that, that that's how it goes, but no again, yeah, I agree, I thought it was good, but certainly
0: not a yeah not 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 a great one, but yeah, uh, you know, other than that, so I mean, look he I guess my favorite part was ludicrous and little John, of course that's always gonna get get, get my one year old trying to <laughs> <laughs> oh no man, we gotta have you, man, we can't have you on the injured reserve list man we we need you, we need you, but But, yeah, I mean, look here, you know, now the dynasty word, we we mentioned it last week when we did the show, Brian, but, I mean, it's out there now. And, look, these guys are talking about a three-peat. So, so much for retirement. It looks like Kelsey is coming back, and, of course, Andy Reid is coming back. So we have ourselves a situation here where this team could well be in position to do a three-peat.
1: They can. I think the Bengals, as I alluded to, uh, they're – I think the team – that could potentially get in their way, but they got They got to stay healthy. I think that's it's one of the things there's, a, you know, the NFL never sleeps. That's one of the nuggets I saw today. It looks like they're going to tag the going to tag Higgins quickly. Just because I think they just want to, you know, there's rumors that they're doing that because they want to see if other teams might come in with other tag and trade offers, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. We're going to lose Tyler Boyd, most likely. He's a free agent, so they need to keep Higgins, and I think they know that their window is now. Last year, they went 9-8 and eight with a roster that was never healthy. I mean, Burrow went into the season injured. There was a small sliver of time when he was healthy. They beat the Niners. They had a little winning streak, and then he got hurt, and they were able to kind of limp to a 9-8 and eight record. So I think that's the team, and you look for agency and you look at the draft, it plays well for the Bengals because – the draft's not deep at interior alignment, which they need help with, but free agency is. Conversely, there's not a lot of great tackles in free agency, but there's a lot of them in the draft. So they can address some of those things, and they have Joe Burrow, right? They have the franchise guy that can get it done. They just need to stay healthy, and that division is brutal, as you know, with the Bengals, with the Browns, oh, yeah. with
0: the Ravens. That's a brutal division. It so is. They just
1: need to get healthy and win enough games to make it. Yeah, I mean it's it's the Chiefs to lose. I mean, Mahomes has kind of entered that Michael Jordan realm where it's like, you know, you've got it, you've got to put him away if you're gonna beat him. Like, look at Tampa Bay. Look at that Super Bowl. They beat the Chiefs. They had that game basically done going into the fourth quarter. You've got to put him away and have such a big lead that that even a little slurry isn't gonna isn't gonna matter. So yeah, it's it's their league now. They've proven it. They've proven that even if they don't have a gaudy record or even if they don't have great receivers. They can get it done. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who can knock them off their perch. No teams repeated, as you know, are, are three in a row. No, 76 no. 76 Steelers, the 90s, niners, Only three teams have even gotten close. I mean, the other five teams that repeated never even got back to the championship game the next year, the conference championship game. So it's going to be very
0: interesting to see if the Chiefs can
1: can, can keep it going.
0: And I'm sure Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers are going to try to have something to do with that. Cannot wait to see how those games are going to going to turn out but anyway hey look i i enjoyed your article there with larry zonka the, 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 in amazing work folks and, and i always like to let our listeners know hey look com. you have to go and check out my man's work because incredible stuff there man as always brian
1: yeah thanks yeah, i appreciate that yeah that that article unfortunately kind of got lost in the shuffle because you know super bowl week is just so crazy and and busy so you know I was able to talk to him and kind of kind of learn more about the the nuances of the undefeated team and and really you know this I mean the selflessness I mean uh, Paul Warfield is a hall of fame receiver on the NFL 100 you know all-time team had 29 catches for that team and they were on the road an undefeated team had to play in Pittsburgh to get to the Super Bowl and so yeah, I appreciate that, Gene. And I think tomorrow or, or you know when, Wednesday, I'm going to be having kind of a breakdown of the Steelers quarterback options because they did talk to one specific quarterback during the Senior Bowl, which I found interesting. And it looks like Mason Rudolph wants to leave, and there's rumors they might like Justin Fields or Tannehill. So a lot going on in Pittsburgh. So yeah, Gene, it's always good to, good to talk to you. And yeah, looking forward to doing this more uh, during this off season.
0: Hey, can I wait? We know the combines is be here pretty soon, and look, a couple of months. You know, we'll be in Detroit. Covering the NFL draft. So, man, the football talk will slow down, but it won't go away completely. And, Brian, man, we thank you for all that you've done as far as contributing here. And we look forward to to uh, the upcoming year. All right, folks, from CBSSports.com, senior writer Brian DiArdo here on the Mean Gene Show. And we'll be right back. Well, that's it for this episode of the Mean Gene Show. I want to thank Brian DeOdo from CBSSports.com for joining me. I will be back later this week for the latest on the NBA and NCAA basketball right here on the Mean Gene Show. Have a great day.